We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. But I muted it literally twice when you made a joke and I was laughing. And I couldn't, like, my thing froze up and I couldn't unmute it. So, like, it's just like, I'm, like, giggling over here, but it's just silence on the podcast. I think that's the perfect way to describe most of my jokes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I'm back, everyone. It's Mike Gottlieb, your usual host, and along with me is Andrew Laird. Uh, Andrew, let's introduce ourselves in the uh, Premier, uh, the Taga Premier Division standings. Uh, so I am Mike Gottlieb in first place again, and you are Andrew Laird, who are in, who is, excuse me, in second place. Uh, Today we're going to review uh, game week twenty six. That was a really terrible joke. It was an abbreviated. Uh, it was an abbreviated game week, which actually I thought was going to crush me in the uh, Tiger Premier Division, but end up not happening. No. Uh, did it? Did it wind up uh, affecting you? Uh, it affected me slightly in Taga. It significantly affected me in EFSA, where yes. I started one player, or maybe it was two players who actually started a match, uh, and I believe I finished with thirty points. Which so, is kind of an astonishingly low number, given that I also had a. Well, I guess I had a goalie start. I got lucky there, lucky, but um, it was a. Uh, it was pretty poor. Yeah, I started zero forwards for in one in, uh, in the Rotowire Taga League because I had Gabby Adini and Aguero. I did win in the the Rotowire one, although my team is really struggling in that league. So I I scored <laughs> over a hundred. Po- I scored over a hundred points and lost. Wow. 
Wow. I think because I, I played against Harry Kane. Uh, oh, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> that'll do it. I, I uh, defeat in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I think I won by less than a point, or it was it was fairly close, and it was definitely in the seventies. Yeah. Oh no, I'm just uh, you know I'm pretty happy that I was able to win in the. To be honest, like in the in the Premier Division in the target uh, in the target Premier League, I'm just gonna call it that from now on. I. Uh, I didn't exactly light the world on fire. I think I scored like 70 points, but because it was an abbreviated game week, that was enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, not to say like Taga needs to fix this or FPL, but um, I just feel like this is a totally unnecessary wrinkle that like you go into a week with six of your 11 guys, you know, and, and basically there's nothing, not that there's nothing you can do about it, but you're not going to draw. I don't know. It, it's a, it makes me appreciate daily a little more that I don't have to figure out how to win with five elevenths well, of my team gone. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, what was it, what happened to me in the in the Taga Premier League was that I had you know it's it's a five player bench, and I had six players that weren't playing, and I was not going to drop any of them. Yeah. So I was already down one player, and the rest were. You know, I I picked I, I mean I, I got very fortunate. I picked up uh, I think I picked up Grzyzki mm-hmm. from uh, uh, you know from from Hull, which yep. was you know wound up to be a very good decision. And you know I, I mean Ryan Frazier got an assist, Nasser Chadley got an assist, but it was just yeah it it, it was it was just a, a weird day overall just to kind of see it happening uh, unfold and, and seeing, you know, Hey, how many players does my opponent have? Like, am I, right. how far, right. how far back am I already? Right. The, the, the key to game week 26 was just having more guys. And that's, I never, that's, that's dumb. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, if you, if you want to talk about, you know, uh, from a, from a real life perspective, it should fantasy sports reflect its real life counterpart. Right. You know, the war of attrition is real in, you know, the Premier League. So and also in any any other sport that has any kind of contact in it. So why wouldn't it be here in in season long fantasy? Why wouldn't you have to deal with some attrition? You do. You 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 deal with that with the same injury attrition that clubs do, except now you're playing without, you know, when Southampton you be of Southampton players and you happen to be with the club. You have a game that doesn't necessarily well. Bad example. Let me go to Arsenal. You're off this week, so like the club is able to to deal with that. But like as for fantasy, particularly for these season long games, um, that's not something that the club has to deal with. When the club doesn't play, you, they don't play. Yeah. And yet, when the club doesn't play in fantasy, now you still have to figure out how to deal with that. Yeah, I think for season long leagues, a nice wrinkle would be to have a special designation. Um, you know, just like a, a nice little special designation for players that are on an empty game week, and then you can pick up a player for without having a count towards a roster spot. But that picked up player will instantly be dropped as soon as yeah. the game week is over. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So, um, so, so I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't get the benefit of being able to just keep someone who did well. For example, me with Grozinski, he would go right back to waivers. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting idea. Did Get you have out of John Wallen. Did you have an idea or a, an opinion on the John Wallen, Kevin De Bruyne um, yeah, so controversy? Let, 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 I mean, let, let's set some context. It's not like everyone just knows what happens all the time in the inner workings. Um, 
so underneath the radar, under the radar, up, I didn't notice it, and I'm pretty sure no one else did because the transactions page is kind of hidden from everybody. Well, one person noticed it. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, here we go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, basically, um, whether it was accidental or on purpose, will only one person will ever truly know. But we will take him at his word. John Wallen mistakenly dropped Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, that's not advisable for those out there. Right. Um, this was before and, not this game week, but actually the previous game week. Yeah, I think it was ten or eleven days ago. Right. Which there were no fixtures. Correct. No. Well, yeah, no, he was he was doing it. I think ahead of last week. Last week's or like meaning the game week twenty five. Okay. If so I, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that's what he was doing. So we were coming off of a blank game weekend, is what I was trying yes, to say. Yes. So. You know, no one was really looking at the waiver wire intently because it was like 14 days of uh, of no games, right? So, uh, in the middle of that, he dropped De Bruyne and Neil Thurman picked him up off waivers. Him meaning De Bruyne, and there's there, there's multiple factors here, right? Kevin De Bruyne should never ever be able to be dropped unless he's injured out for the year, um, and. Basically, how did you know? How, how did this happen? And then also, how was Neil Thurman the only one that noticed? <laughs> I think I guess that's kind of you know down on us. I mean, I had the lowest waiver priority anyway. I would never have gotten him. Um, but I, I can assure you, I have no interest in looking at my teams during bye weeks. Yeah, there, it, there was it, no it, reason for me to be clicking on my target team in the middle t- t- eleven days before a game week. So. I'm sure everyone loves to hear about, you know, just the inner workings of our league yeah, here. One specific league. Yeah. But, uh, but, for, with it. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but how, I mean, how do you deal with that? Let's say if you're in a league and someone drops a player that they, you know, really shouldn't be able to, right? Like, how would you deal with that as a, if you were a commissioner, Andrew? Uh, well, John made it seem like it was very much a mistake. I forget who he was trying to drop. And, uh, you know, um, if you've played fantasy sports long enough, it's probably happened to you where you like click on the wrong guy and you're, you're just used to clicking all the, are you sure and the submits and all those. And so you end up dropping someone you didn't mean to. So I get it that obviously that it, we got to the point of should, should it be reversed? And, uh, the guy that Neil happened to drop is still available. So it was like, do we just, you know, put that guy back on his team? So. Neil is also in third, so you and I have a particularly uh, strong interest in this because I think, yeah, I think he also has the most points scored. Great, great. Without De Bruyne, no less. Although De Bruyne's been pretty horrible lately, so maybe we should just let it stay. But um, I don't have a particular interest. Uh, you know, because, I mean, my particular interest doesn't stem from the fact that he's in third. If he was in thirtieth, it wouldn't matter. It's more about the why is there not a do not drop list? That mm. this is not this is not something that's a new a newfangled idea, right? Yeah. I, um, I get what I have it. When those first came out, I remember that it just seemed very, not arbitrary, but, um, you know, you could make an, a, you could make a, an argument for plenty of players who either are droppable that are on this, those lists. So it's like, it's tough to, n- nobody's ever going to be happy. You know, not everybody's going to be happy with it. It's know. yeah. And, and I, and a, you're right you're right and you know with with taga i'm sure because it's such a new platform there will always be improvements that are being made and this as the uh, fswa finalist for other podcast of the year 
uh, we will just state on our platform that we are suggesting a don't a don't drop list. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even say that it's because they're new. I mean, you see ESPN and Yahoo still coming up with bugs and fixing them and doing improvements. So I don't want to blame that they're a new, a new, uh, fairly new, te- you know, company for doing this. So I don't know. Some of the improvements have been really great recently. Um, pitch view. Yeah, yeah, pitch view was fun. But uh, let's talk about what actually happened on the pitch. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. All right, let's get to game week 25, shall we? It started off for me in uh, in southwest London uh, t- uh, watching Chelsea take on Swansea. Uh, the final score ended up being Chelsea 3, Swansea 1. The game was closer than that for uh, in terms of score, but Chelsea really did take it to Swansea. Swansea getting their lone goal on a lapse, uh, just a mental a brain fart by the Chelsea defense on a free kick. Gilfrey Sigurdsson uh, from straight on basically somehow curled the ball into Fernando Llorente who put the ball in. Uh, that tied the game at one after Cesc Fabregas scored a very Frank Lampard-esque goal. Oh, you took uh, it right. Ah, you, you took that right out of my head. Like I, I, I had that line all ready for you. Yep, and then I was Fabregas- actually going to call it Lampardian, but yeah. Yes, no, that's that's fine. Uh, on Lampardian of Fabregas, he missed the second goal. That would have been a, just a mirror image, anyway. Uh, but we had uh, Pedro who uh, who took who who scored the eventual game winner to make it two one on what was honestly a mistake by Fabianski. I don't know if he was thinking the ball was going to go wide or if it just slipped through his hands, but uh, that's how the second goal went in on a curler from Pedro. Mm-hmm. And then Diego Costa made no mistake from a, from an Eden Hazard uh, cutback and uh, with his left foot uh, finally broke his four-game goal drought, his longest of the season, uh, to give Chelsea the 3-1 victory. Uh, overall, if it wasn't for that one lapse of judgment by the defense, uh, it would have been a great defensive day overall uh, for, uh, for Chelsea as well. Yeah, I mean, I think... Other than the goal, uh, this game pretty much ended exactly how we thought it would, right? Yes. I guess yeah. maybe the, you know, I'm not sure you would have necessarily said a goal and an assist from Pedro and Fabregas, but nobody was ultimately surprised. Yeah, for me, this was this was more this was more about what what kind of effort is Swansea going to put forward, and they and they and. They worked. I mean, they made Chelsea work. Uh, they they played defensively. Uh, they did press at times, which gave Chelsea a couple of problems. Uh, but overall, Chelsea just showed that they were a better team, just yeah. from top to bottom. And that and that's and that's the way these games really should go when it's the top of the table versus close to the bottom. For sure, for sure. I mean, yeah, Swansea obviously have been playing better of late, but uh, nobody really thought that they were going to go in and win at Stamford Bridge. So. But yeah, there's there's two notes here that I want to actually point out here. Um, if you're tr- going for saves, the goalie against Chelsea is not the way to go. Yep. Chelsea don't tend to take a lot of shots on target. They do score a decent amount of goals, but they are not volume shot takers. Yep, absolutely. Which is frustrating. Which is so frustrating from a fan fan's <laughs> perspective. Uh, additionally, uh, the Chelsea goalkeeper Thibaut Courtois, unless he gets a shutout, is not worthwhile. Yep. And I will never chase clean sheets. It's just too hard to predict. Yeah, he's uh, always, and, that's what it is. You're chasing clean sheets or wins on DraftKings. That's why he. I think he was the most expensive keeper on uh, on the Saturday slate. And I mean, you're you're basically paying up for the guaranteed win, but that's really only five points. I mean, you know, you can make that up in saves elsewhere. So 
Yeah, well, my choice didn't make that up in saves, and we'll get to him now. Uh, that was Tom Heaton, who was uh, playing, of course, for Burnley, who traveled to Hull, who played to a predictable draw, which was not surprising. The fact that it was not 0-0 was also not surprising to me because it was Burnley on the road, not at home. Yep. And uh, But what was really surprising is that Tom Heaton, zero zero saves. zero zero saves hull city clinical with their shooting uh one shot on target one shot in target and that was from tom huddleston from camille groschitsky who i mentioned earlier who i picked up uh, uh and then it was michael Keane. i was gonna say robbie Keane, but I to, michael Keane, uh former manchester united central defender scoring from a robbie brady ball and we need to get to Robbie Brady here because he's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, before you do, um, I'm going to – I'm not going to gripe, but I'm going to point out that the Huddleston goal was a penalty. So that was their lone shot on target. And so naturally the Grosicki assist was a fantasy assist. You can gripe all you want. They all count the same. <laughs> not and not I, on I, daily I, sites. They don't. Do, so. do we – do? Uh, I, I, okay, let's rehash the conversation. No, 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 we don't have to rehash why? it. I'm just saying hold for on, those who on. play I, daily, you're, that's why if you hear like, oh, Grosicki got an assist, he didn't get one in daily games. Well, I'm, I I will not recognize those platforms for their non-assist. <laughs> but basically, why are you against points? The whole point of fantasy is to score points. You have an outlet here that's being tracked statistically that will allow people to score points. Anyway, I've said this more yeah, than we've once. had this. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's awarding points for something that didn't happen. That's what it is. But, God. I actually so this was I, I was thinking about this further. I can't believe as, as I just said, we should move on. Like you don't get this in any other sport. Like you don't get an assist in basketball if you pass to the ball to the guy and then he gets fouled and he hits two free throws. If you happen to pass to a guy who then gets a penalty shot in hockey and he scores, you don't get that assist. Like, this doesn't exist in any other sport. Yeah, but... It, it, so the concept in, does. At least in hockey, the, the you have secondary assists, mm. right? Well, maybe MLS does secondary assists. I would be all for, th- for that. I mean, we yeah, I'd be all for that. Although we have chances created, which is even less of a second, you know, more often than, than secondary assists. So I prefer okay. that because that's more points. Uh, just, just. <laughs> but anyway, God. the lone the lone shot on goal for Watt for a uh, Hull, excuse me, was a penalty, and it went in, and it went in, right? <laughs> yeah, Austin Robbie Brady's awesome. Head again. No, Robbie Brady was excellent. Yes, Robbie Brady just he crosses cor- crosses corners, chances created. He was El Hombre, the man. Yes. Um, it just just a re- just a really good performance from him. Uh, from the Hull side, uh, I think it was Grosicki who did almost all the creation of offense for them. Uh, when he had uh, 12 crosses, one uh, – he, he created one. He, he, uh, he took five shots. He created a chance. He had 12 crosses, and I think he took three corners, something like that. That's uh, correct. That, but anyway, he was the man. And I actually – on my DraftKings team going into the weekend, I had both Grosicki and Lazar Markovic, who I thought would have been the counterpart on the other side. But – for some reason, Markovic didn't start. Mm-hmm. I think he was out. I can't. I haven't seen why he was out. But uh, well, I mean, he, he he was out against Liverpool because it was alone. Right. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, Grosicki. I mean, once we saw because Sam Klukas was suspended, 
and Evandro was out for an injury, and those those were the only two guys who were possibly going to take free kicks from Grosicki. So once they were out, he was a slam dunk. I mean, as bad as as Hull are, home against Burnley is a, a great opportunity to take somebody who's taken set pieces. So yeah, he was uh, he was great. I just I, I kind of hope that he keeps this role. Um, the shots were actually pretty surprising. Like I don't think I'm not sure he had five shots this season coming into the game. Obviously, he was a January transfer, but um, he's just not known as, as a high shooting player. So to to get the five shots and the twelve crosses is, you know, if he keeps that up, he'll be he'll end up being much more expensive on sites like DraftKings because that's that's basically where you get your points. Yeah, and uh, I'll bring this conversation back to goalkeepers again. Uh, Tom Heaton's been struggling recently. There's no other way to put it uh, in terms of getting points. He's not getting wins. Uh, he's not. I mean, he's not getting wins. He's not getting clean sheets. He's not getting a ton of saves recently. Um, so I'll ask you the question: Rest of season, Eldon Yakupovich or uh, or Tom Heaton? Um, yeah, I mean, you're you're never thinking that Heaton's going to get a win on the road um, since they have two points now. This was their, I believe, their second. Uh, they, dub, they have they have they have doubled their output of points on the road right right but yeah he has he has one save in his last two games uh he only made one save against chelsea that which kind of went back to your point that they don't create a lot of saves but i mean he had five six five and five in his in his previous four so um again you're not gonna you're not picking tom heaton for a win um and you know how many clean sheets do you really expect to get out of burnley so I'm not sure it changes all that much. They just happen to be facing two sides that don't create a lot of saves. So I'm not I'm not totally down on on Heaton. Just right, depends I, on the matchup. And as we player we talked about earlier, Robbie Brady, are you up? Are you as up on him as I am? As yeah. someone who you will probably start most. He's basically what Robert Snodgrass was at the beginning of the season. You know, in terms of his pricing on daily sites, it's going right. to have to rise, but the algorithm won't catch up in time. Yeah, you're totally right on that. I I, I disagree that that it won't catch up. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he starts creeping up into that seven thousand range that Snodgrass is in now. Whether he deserves that or not is another we can talk about later. But um, yeah, Brady. I mean, that's not creeping up. I mean, he'd have to he'd have to jump two thousand something like that, like a fifteen hundred two thousand. Brady, I think yeah. he was wasn't he fifty nine hundred this week. I thought it was fifty five. Oh. Either either way, matter. yeah, he's he's moving up appropriately, um, and it, it's just weird because we had this situation with Burnley like all season that you know you just never knew who was going to take the set pieces. It was uh, Hendrick and Defor and Goodmanson and Arfield, and it was just like from game to game it was just such a crapshoot. And now with Brady there, like you know it's Brady, it's always going to be Brady, and so he just becomes such an easy play, you know, except maybe when they play, you know, at Chelsea or something like that, which they won't do anymore. Right. They're done. They're done with Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, for Robbie Brady, what I like about him as well, he's an option to both shoot and cross from totally. Yeah. And he's good at both. And he'll take the penalties. Yeah. I don't want to say he's Gilfie Sigurdsson, but he's like a, I'll call him a poor man's Gilfie Sigurdsson for now. yeah. Yeah. He's even left footed. All right, uh, let's go on. Uh, we had a really important game at the bottom end of the table. It was Big Sam's Crystal Palace uh, taking on Itor Karenka's Middlesbrough down in uh, I think it's South London for Crystal Palace. And uh, Palace 
pulled out the 1-0 victory with your favorite, Patrick Van Anholt, scoring <laughs> the goal from Johan Kabai. Two fantasy stalwarts of yesteryear coming to save the day for Crystal Palace. Um, it was an early goal. Uh, it was the only goal. Uh, and if you were, if you had your, if you had your pick of the lower end teams, if you picked Wayne Hennessy as your goalkeeper this weekend, congratulations, you did it right. Mm. Four save, clean sheet, win. Yeah, he wasn't all that cheap though. I mean, because Palace were favored and they're at home, so they tend to and raise those. Burrow and Burrow don't score goals. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I made. I was talking to Chris Owen about it this weekend that. Uh, at the beginning of the season, even in daily, like if you were like, who would be a better fantasy defender? I would even say in DraftKings, Patrick Van Anholt or Gareth McCauley. Like you'd laugh at me, but it's like Van Anholt, this is his first goal in forever. In fact, was it his first of the season? No, he was one of the three original goal scorers. Oh, that's, for right. Some- that's right. Um, so for his first Palace goal, uh, and he's been there for eight uh I guess only four games. All right. First goal since December 17th, fourth of the season, or third of the season, excuse me. So it's just like, oh, no, fourth. Um, but Your point is unraveling in front of our very eyes. Hard, hardly, hardly. It's just like, you, but you're not, like, if you're taking Patrick Van Anholt in a fantasy situation, like, you're taking him for his goal upside. You're not taking him because he sends in 12 crosses because he doesn't. He doesn't take free kicks. Like, you're basically taking him for this one goal that he scores every other month. And what makes him different than any center back? Uh, uh, like Michael Keane, for example. Right, right, right. I mean, there's just there's he's a, never he's a, a reason he's, to pay up like for Van It's not like he's Harry Maguire or anything like that. Yeah, he doesn't hold a candle to Harry Maguire. <laughs> um who we decide who we successfully not talked about in a, in our whole an- analysis. He led the, led the Premier League in clearances this week. Um, the yeah, so like the, everyone's like, oh Van Anhol, there he is. Like I knew it, and it's like you didn't know anything. You've been losing with Van Anhol for months, and he just happened to score this time around on one shot. So like, there's just I I see no reason to ever take Van Anhol unless you're a hundred percent convinced he's going to score a goal because he doesn't do anything else. I remember there was a time where you thought that Seamus Coleman was that player um, earlier this season. Yeah, and he turned it around. I just don't see Van Ahnel doing that. Okay. He had six crosses, which was the most he's had since our birthday, which was not, yes, which was not like a, a week ago. <laughs> was it? That, that was, that's September 24th for all those who, yeah. uh, who, not, who do not happen to know that. Uh, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yes, uh, it was it, it was good to see Crystal Palace get a victory for Big Sam's sake and for Rebecca Lowe's sake. Uh, yeah. It made the post game coverage a, lo- a little less macabre <laughs> for NBC Sports. Yeah, the only other thing to point out is that Andros Townsend is back from the dead. Twelve crosses, which I think co-led the Premier League, and he's um, he split corners with um, Johan Kabai, so he's basically taken that left side from Jason Punchin, and um, he was. Dirt, not dirt cheap, but he was fairly cheap for a guy with 12 cross upside. So uh, I wonder if, if that stays. He'll be another one whose price will probably. I mean, he was very cheap earlier in the season, so everybody played him. And then I believe he led the Premier League in crosses through 12 or 13 weeks. And so uh, if, you know, he just lost his starting spot. But if he's going to keep starting, and particularly if he's on corners, my gosh, plenty of cross upside. The only problem is that it's Crystal Palace and they don't tend to be very offensive ben christian benteke um took six shots in this game he got one on target 
I'm, that, that's the Middlesbrough effect. That's what they do. I, I would like to agree with you, but when they played Sunderland, he took eight shots and only got two on target. And then he, for some reason, he didn't even take a single shot in 90 minutes against Stoke. But, like, Benteke has taken, you know, a lot of shots recently, and they're just not they're just not happening. He has one goal in his last 25 shots. Yeah, he needs to get out of the Premier League for a while. He needs to go somewhere else, like Italy or something. What? Why? I, I don't think – I, do? I think that he's – I think that his game needs to – get more technical and he's not going to be able to do that in the Premier League it has to be more physical um, I think there are enough people who will pay him in the Premier League that he will never need to go to Italy just saying I, I'm just for him, for him to develop the game that he needs to develop I think he needs to do it in another country because I just don't think because I mean it, this is now you know if we haven't seen Christian Benteke of Aston Villa since Aston Villa mm. he's I mean He's 26. He's not developing anymore. <laughs> he is what he is. If, if, if this is what he is, a guy who can't get a shot on target against like Hull, Sunderland, and uh, and Burrow, come on now, man. Like, <laughs> let's be let's be real here. Like, let, let's call a spade a spade. I love Christian Benteke. I'll, but... I'll happily blame Johan Kabai for poor service, or Townsend even. Twelve Anyone crosses, else? Uh, three accurate. There you go. Van Anholt, six crosses, one accurate. There's the a Christian. It's always, so, it goes all the way back to Van Anholt again. If, if, if anyone uh, if anyone wants to join the Christian Benteke apologist train, uh, uh, we found the conductor. <laughs> I've always been, motor- man. I, I have a Christian Benteke Aston Villa jersey sitting upstairs yes. and well, collecting you, you dust. Are, you are seeking a motorman for the, <laughs> the Christian Benteke apologist train. Yeah, need a little help all right. chucking the coal into the... Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of Belgian strikers, let's go to Romelu Lukaku, who is a – I think he shares in the lead in goals, or at least was going into the weekend before uh, before Harry Kane happened. But uh, it was – he has 17 goals, I think, on the season but, after yeah, this weekend. I believe Kane uh, is level with him now. Yeah, so it's Lukaku. Lukaku scored. Uh, Idrissa uh, uh, Gay, I'm just going to call it that. Uh, Idrissa Gay scored the second goal uh, – or sorry, the first goal. Uh, and the assists were to Seamus Coleman – turning it around and Kevin Morales off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Morales, who I started uh, off the bench because okay. I had no other players to play <clears throat> in the Roto in my, in the Rotowire toggle league. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, this game happened as we thought it would happen. Um, I believe Lukaku is now second in all time Everton goals. If I read that correctly, which is, astonishing given that he I think he's at 60 um he's like when he's on which he was here he's just so good like they're gonna make a fortune from him this summer and it's just a matter of whether it comes out of Chelsea's pocket or somebody else but it will because Chelsea Chelsea will finance that move with the Diego Costa move to China ugh they, uh, rumor has it that Chelsea turned down 90 million pounds. Uh, well, they couldn't afford to not have Costa now. I'm just, uh, I'm so, just saying, like, just that's ridiculous. If that, if that's the number that's being floated around, I think they'll profit off the move yeah. and go to Lukaku. Do you think he's Fair. the right fill-in? Uh, he's the. <sighs> yes, I do actually. I do. 
Okay. Because Chelsea do need someone that has a big physical presence that can hold up the ball and can play uh, and can face up defenders. And I think that. Well, that's why they're in on Fernando Llorente. I mean, look at this impression he just made. So Jordan Pickford returned from injury and he was great. He had six saves. Um, So he still netted you eight points, even though he let up the two goals in Mm -hmm. most formats. Um, I mean, Jordan Pickford was the was the was the FPL darling at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, It looks like he's going to wrestle his job right back from Vito Madone, who was playing well. I mean, he was playing well, but there I mean, he's not that great. So I don't think there was any problem in him getting replaced. He wasn't even in the 18, actually. So I wonder if I mean, I don't know what I haven't seen why he was not even in the 18. But you you were never going to really start Madone over a, a fit Pickford. So, you know, yeah, and Sunderland are going to probably want to try to build around Pickford or showcase right. his skills to get the profit off of him. One of the two. Yeah, yeah, it was a solid performance. I I wrote up Coleman, um, and the assist is nice. Although I thought he'd actually cross. Baines actually finished with more crosses than than Coleman, and Barkley stayed on corners and took all nine of them. Finished with eleven crosses. He's so he's a weird one though, Barkley. Like. It for like DraftKings, uh, that's basically all. I guess he had two shots, but like it's weird how you could take nine corners and still not have like a huge game. I feel like Ross Barkley's game doesn't fit his body. I think that's a great observation. <laughs> I think you're the only person that does. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think you're very. Very like we just, but like you look, but you look at Ross Barkley and you see someone who should be this really physically imposing player yeah. who, uh, you know, can just, 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 just out, uh, out muscle players, and that's just not his game. No. He shouldn't be trying to peg him, uh, pigeonhole him into a, that game off of his appearances. And yeah, like you see him in Lukaku, and you're like, whoa, and then it yeah. turns out only one of them's willing to shove somebody. Yep. Which Lukaku did on his goal. I forget who it was. Was it uh, O'Shea? Maybe. Or that Billy would make Jones. sense. He literally just like f- flicked him off like a fly, and I was just like, "That's that's why Romelu Lukaku is going to make somebody make Everton ninety million pounds this summer." Yep, yep, uh, I, yep, one hundred percent correct. Okay, let's go over to the Hawthorns where West Brom continue their surge up the table. Uh, they win by the score of two to one over visiting Birdmouth. Uh, Joshua King did get his goal. Uh, I believe it was a fantasy assist for Ryan Frazier, or was it a real one? It was. He, he, it was he specializes. He specializes in fantasy assists. He does. He does. <laughs> but uh, on Frazier's behalf, though, he did send in twelve crosses, and I believe he created four chances. So I mean, he was he was definitely involved. I think he took all the corners as well for yes. for, for for Burnmouth. So he's the midfielder to have. And I think you tweeted out earlier. Remember when Junior Stanislas was a thing? <laughs> yeah, St- Stanislas, another. Uh... DNP coach's decision. So um, it's, I mean, it, it's strange how quick, not quickly, well, it was fairly quickly, but like amazing how he has fallen because he was like the center of that attack for a, a few weeks and now he can't even get off the bench. So yeah, and somehow like four foot 11 Ryan Frazier is now the guy. Makes Jack yeah. Wilshire look like Ross Barkley. <laughs> I was about to say, Ryan Frazier's game totally fits his body type. 
All right, uh, but let's go to let's go to the other side here. There really wasn't that much to talk about from the Burma side. Uh, it was actually really, I think the best player from this game was Ben Foster, uh, even though he did let up the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was tremendous yeah. uh, on his saves, uh, including one off a of Tyro. Uh, late in the game, I believe Tyrone Mings put a looping header, and that was gonna go in. It was going and in, yeah. Really quick adjustment and a tip over the bar by by Foster. That was just a great play. Uh, Craig Dawson and Gareth McCauley, just the way Tony Pulis likes it, his defenders scoring. Hell yeah. Uh, and then Nasser Chadley getting the lone assist for West Brom. This was the quintessential multiple goal game for Tony Pulis in that he still won by one goal and his defenders shine. <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt Phillips didn't play because of a hamstring strain, and so that left... Um... Chris Brunt to take most of the set pieces, although uh, Nasser Chadley uh, took a few corners as well, like the ones that that Frazier would have taken. I mean, it's Frazier, uh, Phillips. Um, but yeah, Brunt. Frazier I mean, too. He would have taken them too. Yeah. If they, if they <laughs> uh, Brunt played up in the midfield um, because Evans was back, so Dawson could go out wide. But I mean, that's just another, basically another defender that Pulis can use. So that has to make him happy as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like this was another game that was kind of how we expected. I mean, I <clears throat> frankly, I would have expected Burnmouth not to score, but um, a penalty, you know, penalties happen. So I still think we should have some sort of um, extra clean sheet situation, you know, cause I like getting more points in the games, but like if you have a clean sheet, regardless of penalties, something like that. But uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right, let's go on to the last game of Saturday, which was Watford at home drawing against West Ham by a score of one to one. Just a, I, I hated watching this game, and I only watched a few minutes of it. Uh, Mauro Zarate, who appeared to take a pretty bad uh, knock and was on a cast on a stretcher on his way out uh, when he was substituted out. Uh, he he earned the early penalty, so the nice fantasy assist for him for Troy. Dini uh, and for West Ham, Andre Ayew, remember him? Uh, he scored, and Mikel Antonio got the assist for it. Remember him? Uh, no, actually, that's, that doesn't work there. Uh, but just a game that was really tough to watch. Did you say Antonio got an assist? A fantasy assist. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Did you see the what what it was? No. His shot hit both posts and then went right to Ayew. It was almost like he passed it off both posts. Oh, wait, apparently, according to the Premier League's official game, he did. Um, yeah, Zerat is out for the season with a torn ACL, um, which opens up a spot up front for Watford to be filled by some guy. I don't know who they'll end up with. I mean, a... Amrabat was coming. Is was close to returning from injury, so I'm assuming that Amrabat will probably come back in. Could be. Um, Isaac Success, your boy, he's available. Oh. Stefano Okaka was starting a little earlier this season, so uh, has 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 Zuniga played that position yet? I'm um, not sure. He hasn't, but you're right. He could always he could always do it. <laughs> he'll, he'll play every position except goalkeeper this season. Yeah, um, but yeah, Andy Carroll missed out um, shockingly due to injury. So Antonio <laughs> led the line, but um, <laughs> was that very not fair? Nice. Sorry. <laughs> very 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 good. Very well very well placed, Joe. Um, I mean, basically. The, the, there was there were three total shots on target. Two of them went in, and one of them was a save by Jorelio Gomez. It was yeah. a really awful game to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, specifically, what we keep seeing is that Robert Snodgrass of West Ham is not Robert Snodgrass of who did he play for? Hull. Hull. Thank you. 
Um, Lanzini, Stoke. yeah, Lanzini is taking some corners, so he he doesn't have a monopoly of those. Um, he had a decent number of of crosses, but he just doesn't shoot as much. So, you know, paying up for for Hull Snodgrass now that he's West now that he's with West Ham just doesn't seem to be paying off. Would you would if they were the same price, Snodgrass or Brady? Uh, Brady, no doubt. No, just Grosicki or Snodgrass. Um, uh, I would Grosicki. Yeah, as long. Well, let me rephrase, because because has sort of the situation that Snodgrass does when Evandro and or Klukas are there. So, um, that one's a little closer, but but I think uh, that's I don't know. But they're, they're, I would almost say they're even. And since they'll never be the same price, I'll take the cheaper Rosicki. Yeah. All right. All right. I want to move. I want to move past this game. It was bad. Uh, all right. Let's go to uh, the Sunday game, the lone game. We've kind of referenced it before. Harry Kane got his hat trick. Delhi Alley scored the fourth. And that is the total of the goal scoring. It was 4 0 uh, Spurs over Stoke. Christian Eriksen getting two assists, so don't worry. You still got your points from him. And just in case the three goals weren't enough for you, Harry Kane tacked on the assist for Alley's goal. Officially involved in all four. Stoke, uh, they, they, not good. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know what you were. I don't know what we were expecting from this game, but uh, I, I mean, they were the butter to the to Spurs' hot knife. Uh, I was wondering where that was going. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, Lee Grant made five saves, so he still ended up positive. Yeah, the the team's just not not good. Shakiri was out. Um, they're playing Phil Bardsley. Uh, they, I mean, how long was Peter Crouch leading the line really going to work? So it's, um, I don't know, it's just a weird, it's a weird team. I saw, I forget who wrote it um, on ESPN, but they, the beginning of their article about this game was that when they're at their best, Spurs are the most exciting team in the Premier League. Do you agree I with that? I disagree with, no, <laughs> not even close. Who it's is, Liverpool. When Liverpool are at their best, they are the most exciting team to watch, and it's not close. Are Spurs in the top three? I, I'm just saying when when you're no, saying no, no, when, I'm, I'm, when I'm, they're I'm, at their best, it is not close. It is Liverpool because of how quick they are to score, how many different ways they'll try to pass the ball around, or maybe they'll take a Philippe Coutinho long shot. But there's just they can score from almost any blade of grass. Like it was it, like Liverpool also because they press high, they're always running around. It's it's a it's the fast paced game when they play at their best, which is rare. We'll get to that. Right, yeah. Um, who would you say anybody else is more exciting at their best? Man City. That was the only one I was thinking. Chelsea seems like a cop out because they're no Chelsea no anyway. Chelsea Chelsea are playing at their best. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. This, this is what this is what it is like. Chelsea Chelsea's system. Uh, by the way, that, did you see the rumor that Antonio Conte is homesick for Italy and may go back to Inter Milan? That's I, awesome. <laughs> are you hoping he takes Fernando Llorente with him? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> uh, but what did you get after that? Uh, it's definitely Simeone with Griezmann, isn't it? Ranieri. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he's he's done it before. Um, yeah. <laughs> here's um, basically. I don't want to make this sound 
overcomplicated. I mean, Spurs are an exciting team, but I just don't like that headline. But I don't want to overcomplicate this game. Spurs were just – they're better. Yes. And when when Spurs – especially – I said this before too. When Pochettino finally gets his players with the, you know, the, the fitness level that is required to play Pochettino's system, uh, they're going to be just fine. Yeah. And I still think that they're a top-four team. I still think that they will be third or fourth mm-hmm. in the top four. Uh, I still think Manchester City will be second. Um, wow. Because the consistency, I just don't think, will be there from Spurs down the line. Mm-hmm. It requires a lot of energy every week. And who knew that Musa Sissoko just wasn't the uh, wasn't the answer for yeah. the that they had? Who knew? They don't have Europa to deal with now. I oh, also... Yeah, <laughs> uh, Mauricio Pochettino should be part of the Brexit committee because he left Europe twice in two months. I love that. Um, I also think that United might win Europa, which means... Put them in the Champions League. Right. So I think Arsenal finished fourth again, but don't make the uh, Champions uh, yeah. League. Uh, aren't, aren't United guaranteed Europa next year already? Because Oh, no, that's, that's, sorry, sorry, that's the FA Cup, FA not Cup, the... Yeah. Not the not the League Cup. Yeah, that would be great if the League Cup ensured that you'd be in the Premier League next season. <laughs> How much fun would that be? Um, I <clears throat> was speaking with somebody the other day who was a big United fan, and he was like all fired up because they won the EFL Cup, and he's like, you know, it's always nice to have silverware. We're the only the only club to win it to win silverware this year because they not won the true. Community. What do you mean? It's not true. Who else won uh, something? I believe Manchester City won the Community Shield. No, no, no. United did. Oh, screw. oh man! Yeah, I United thought... did. No, no, no. And I said, "Oh, you so you're? <laughs> it's just the treble you guys were looking for—the <laughs> Community Shield, the uh, EFL, and Europa, or maybe aren't they still in FA Cup? Yeah, you know who they play next? City, Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. it'll be fun to watch the backups play against each other. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, see if Kurt Zuma can hold on to Rashford or I mean Jesse Lingard. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, maybe maybe John Mata leading the line. Who knows? <laughs> I thought uh, you call him John Mata. <laughs> uh, Liverpool, sure, not good. Liverpool one, Leicester three. I actually did make some money betting on this game, <laughs> only because the new coach bounced. That's it. I heard the term "new coach bounce." I'm like, oh, that makes that's fun, and there's uh, and there's some decent odds on it. So yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll put some shekels on, on Leicester. There you go. And uh, yeah, they paid off. The uh, basically, hoping, Jamie. Uh, I, mean, I was hoping for an immediate Shakespearean pun, but nothing no. so far. No, 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 no. Uh, I do not know enough Shakespeare lines. Uh, it, <laughs> What's funny yeah. about it is that I, that my thought was that that you didn't know enough. But, like, if you knew one and you would really try to force it in. <laughs> like, to be or not to be? So, yeah. Would that be the question? I don't understand. No. I, anyway, let's get off of Shakespeare. I, I, I can embarrass myself about Shakespeare on our other podcast. Hmm. Um, all right. Everyone who was pr- a prominent player for Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> for, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm rattled by Shakespeare. Hmm. Um Anyone who was a prominent player for Leicester, not named Riyad Mahrez, was prominent in this game. Jamie yeah. Vardy scoring twice, Danny Drinkwater scoring the third, uh, Christian Fuchs with an assist. Remember him? And uh, Mark Albrighton, the player that I believe was dropped for Kevin De Bruyne, uh, <laughs> yes. got got an assist. And Casper Schmeichel making six saves. Mm-hmm. Everyone was good except for Riyad Mahrez. Uh, yeah, I was talking to Skylar Redpath about Mahrez, and it's just like this 
He'll be great in the MLS next year. It was yeah, right. It was um I was kinda like he's been horrible all year. Like he you know, you wouldn't have played him in fantasy and he's like, Well Vardy's been horrible all year and he scored twice and it was like that's fair. <laughs> but um yeah, Mahrez, Vardy scored his first Champions League goal last week. Vardy did? Mm-hmm. Oh, Against Sevilla. Right. So, you know, coming coming off that, that new coach bounce is what I'm saying. <laughs> Ranieri is still there for that one. Uh, that was his last game. That's right. He they knew he was leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> So, like such an idiot. All right, but we should um, be like really concerned about Liverpool. I mean, concerned in what way? Concerned they have two in wins that... in 2017. Okay. They're 14 Concern... points from behind Chelsea now. Yeah, but Chelsea is not the goal anymore. Well, that's like... true. But they were for until <laughs> yeah, for, basically for, um, for a minute. Yeah, for a minute. Everyone was more focused on, hey, what the hell's wrong with Man City more than they were saying, hey, Liverpool's a legitimate contender. Well. Well, I think the what's wrong with Man City left Liverpool as the only one who really theoretically could catch Chelsea. And Spurs. And I think at the time, Spurs were not That's right, at the time. in consideration. Arsenal, I think, were in consideration at the time. Remember yeah, that? No, but that, that was, I mean, that's just people trying to make conversation at that point. <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll talk with you. We'll talk about Arsenal a little bit later on this week when we say how many more games does uh, Arsene Wenger get to continue to do the wants. same exact thing as yeah many exactly as many as he wants that's the problem yeah uh, anyway it, it stinks for me because i i want liverpool to win every game because of the way they play yeah uh, it's unapologetic it's it's unapologetically offensive and i love that um the only problem is that lester loved to counterattack and they were able to yeah i, and I don't Liverpool's defense isn't very good I don't know what the problem with Ragnar Klavan is, but it seems like he should be a better fill-in at center back for Dejan Lovren than Lucas Leva. Like, I'm not sure why Lucas is ever in consideration, period. <laughs> but um, Hard to trust a man named Ragnar. I guess. Um, Sturridge didn't even make the 18, but it seems to me that it. it I feel like there should be some consideration now of... of Daniel Sturridge at center back? Sturridge, no, hardly. Getting Sturridge or Origi back in the starting 11 because something's not working. Henderson was out, so, but like, that, come on. Uh, I actually think people underestimate his importance. Henderson? Yeah, he's one of the better um, overall midfielders, like, like uh, two way midfielders. He has some abilities on offense. His defense is where he's actually more valuable, but he's just an energy guy. He's able to run box to box more often than most others Emery Chan played well yeah in in his stead to be fair he's good uh, I mean but you know also remember you have James Milner playing left back right like yeah like, if you have James Milner playing left back and Lucas Leva playing center back you're in trouble yeah no totally totally it's just surprising to me that they that they can't overcome that against a side that has barely done anything this season well, it, again, what I said before, they are unapologetically offensive. Yeah. 69% and, possession. Wow. Yeah. Again, that's how Leicester won every game last season. Yeah. Yep. But that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that, Vardy, that first Liverpool, Vardy goal was like so – like you could have spliced that from last season easily. Yeah. Every, liver, every, every other team in the Premier League has gotten the memo on how to play against Leicester except for Liverpool because <laughs> they just won't change. Yeah. Which I like. I like that they won't change. I like they want to score goals. I like they want to be entertaining. Um, however, if you want to win games consistently in the Premier League, you sometimes have to change your style. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
All right. I get it. All right. Remember when we had Mahrez was going to Real Madrid? Who's going to Real Madrid? I said, remember when Mahrez was going? Sure. He wasn't really, but remember when they tried to Remember when him? Jamie Vardy was going to Arsenal? Remember when Jamie Vardy turned down Arsenal and not the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> remember when Robert Huth was on Chelsea? That's actually true. Mm. Played for Stoke, too, didn't he? Yeah, he up? played next to Ryan Shawcross. Right. Yeah. Man, that's a that's mean big. center back combination. Yeah. <laughs> Those are just mean dudes. Mm. Um, I'm trying to figure out a way to seamlessly transition to the ending of this podcast, mm. especially some, hopefully with a Shakespeare line in there too. Hell hath no fury like a podcast scorned by the FSWA. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I found a way. Uh, you yes. Found Yes, yes, twice, twice scorned by the FSWA. Uh, maybe we'll get our own. Maybe we'll get our own, uh, our own podcast category, like best Rotowire fantasy soccer podcast of the year, because they 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 tried to they keep sectioning off like all the podcasts now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, for for their quality of writing, and right. <laughs> maybe they, maybe they found out that we don't write anything down in our podcast, so we're just like a we're just a nomination in name, but since we don't oh. write anything down, that could be it. They were like. Please They're submit an audio version and the written copy of your notes for ahead of the podcast. <laughs> and we were like, huh? What do you mean? Well, I, 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 I guess we're, we're, we're not ADA compliant for the deaf then. Um, we are not. No. And on that note, we will end this episode of the Road to Fire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Oh, that, that turned really ugly at the end. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, I am Mike. Uh, we will catch you later on this week where we may or may not have a guest appearance by someone who uh, will celebrate me being in first place in Taga. If he's coming on to celebrate you in first place, then we're not happy. That's, <laughs> that's right. No, 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 no. In fact, we won't even actually really have him on for longer than that. We'll just say, hey, can you congratulate me on being in first place? We'll say congratulations. We'll hang up. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you then. All right. Talk talk to you later on this week. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Actually, you know what? This is a really good story. I'll, I'll probably repeat it again to when for later on this week, but I do want to share it now. Okay. I was at a brunch last weekend, and someone – with one of my high school friends, and he, he invited other high school people. There is someone who I've seen at multiple types of these events, and no matter how many times that I see him, I will introduce myself to him as if I do not know who he is. So this is and a friend of your high school? This isn't somebody you went to high school with. It was with. an acquaintance. Yeah, someone I went to high school with. Oh, you did go to high school with him. I did go to high school with him. And yet you them. still continue to. Every single time I've seen him. <laughs> and like, this is like three times now. At least three. Like mistakenly? Can... Or this is like a joke you do now? No, this is mistakenly. I am <laughs> legitimately awesome. thinking that I do not know this person. And huh. I'm wondering if how insulting that is on a scale of one to ten. Yeah, it's like a twelve. <laughs> <laughs> It's like now I feel like I have to keep doing it to make it until it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, oh, you definitely do. You have to do it for the rest of your life. <laughs> I just like I'll just be like, hey, I'm running a social experiment to see how long it takes for you to snap. Yeah. <laughs>
like how long until you just yell at me in public like i've met you so many times we went to high school together yes and then you should be like no i thought this that was our thing right like right (laughs) isn't that what we do just try and play it off try to play stupid even though i have being stupid three times three times yeah the, the, the third time is yeah that's that's too many (laughs) <laughs> twice i get it like you meet somebody um, although you I, went to high school how many people in your high school not many yeah like <laughs> napa a napa guy knows that by the foot there's no better ride than an old station wagon room for six people facing forward two people facing backward and a whole lot of luggage lumber and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof if you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 